Hello, I'm Mike Browning. Welcome to Let God Speak. Today, we're beginning a new series of studies entitled Rest for the Restless. And for this study, our focus is on the Bible's insights into resting in God, particularly in the setting of the Sabbath promises. Well, folks, on our panel today, we have Stephen Groom. Hello. And we also have John Cosmo. Gentlemen, thank you for joining with us. We really appreciate your uh, contribution today. Um, we'd like to invite everyone to pray with us as we seek God. Father in heaven, we thank you for the amazing scriptures that you've given us and their message of truth to us. I pray that they will speak plainly to us about what it means to enter into your rest today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, folks, we're going to begin today by reading Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 3. So that's Genesis 2, 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Now, this is a focus on God resting. Notice that. Then as a result of that, verse 3, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now, I want to ask a pretty obvious question here, but it still needs to be asked. Um, God had done an amazing thing and made an amazing will. Was he really weary? That's the burning question. Was God weary? Is that why he rested? Mike, how big is your God? <laughs> Good question. He's made the universe... And the, the earth is just one little speck of it. Yeah. He, he did not rest because he was weary. Uh, Psalms 121 says, He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Our, our God, he, he just was so pleased with the work that he had done yeah. that he just stepped back. He didn't do anything else. He was but just enjoy savoring the what he had made. Yeah, that's yes. a lovely thought, isn't it, mm. actually? Um, what about Adam and Eve? Were they weary? Eve, definitely not so. But uh, let us look at the activity of Adam on his, the first day of his life. Well, he was made a bit earlier. And it says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And so God brought every living creature, uh, land animal and bird, before Adam to see what he would name them. So he was quite busy on that and first it was an, day. That was an exhilarating experience for him, wasn't it? You know? Yes, I think it was a mental activity. I mean, he was, he was created as a grown man, the only two people who were yeah. in the first day of his life. So he needed to develop some mental capacity and maturity. And I believe this was an activity that God did for him. Um, there wasn't the varieties of animals that they were back um, as there is now. So I believe that there was one dog he named and one cat. And scholars generally believe that he could have done that within a few hours and definitely within the day. Mm. And so even though he was quite busy during doing that, I don't believe he was tired mm. because 
he was made directly by God on that day. Yes, and, um, and, and he was seeing such fantastic things, wasn't he? All these beautiful animals and God was actually showing him the creation. Yes, and I mean, he could walk, talk and get married on the first day of his life. So <laughs> I don't, but I don't believe he was <laughs> a few things in, that's for sure. Um, it's, what is interesting to me is that the Sabbath is an integral part of the perfect life because that was his first full day. He was spent resting, if you like, with his, with his creator. That was a fantastic thought. Um, so we're not dealing with um, people resting on the Sabbath in a state of near exhaustion, right? These are people any far from that. Um, John, I need you to summarize for us, therefore, what, why the word rest is here. What does it mean by the use of the word resting on the Sabbath? The, the word rest is, is a very poor English word, really, because you can have physical rest, but there's another kind of rest as well. It has a, a spiritual sense. And so here you have God resting and Adam and Eve are now resting. And, and really it was a, a rest of contemplation mm-hmm. and also of appreciation mm. because now they had seen what God has done yes. and, and they were so excited about it all. But God ca- calls that a rest mm. because when we contemplate, and when we appreciate what God has done, it, it, it is a rest all of its own. It's a spiritual rest as well as a Very much a rest. spiritual rest. We're going rest. to talk some more about yes, so that. So we can separate fact. rest into physical rest and spiritual rest. Yes. Is that right? And the two are related, of course. Related, yes. Yeah, you know, thank you for that, gentlemen. Look, I'd like to just at this point bring up something that Jesus said that a lot of Bible reading people would be very much aware of. It's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight where Jesus gives this famous invitation where he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think that's such a beautiful thought, folks. Um, Stephen, how do you see what Jesus is saying here? How does it appeal to you? I believe it's it's talking about the spiritual rest of um, coming back into a, a restored relationship with God. I believe this is what God is inviting everyone. And to understand this, we have to understand that we are naturally estranged or separated from God because of Adam and Eve's first sin in the garden, which is spoken of in Genesis 3. The, uh, Paul said in Romans 7 that we've been sold to the devil. So we're naturally separated from God. We don't see him generally. And, and so Jesus is inviting each one of us to come to him uh, spiritually to restore that relationship that's been broken. And I believe that what Jesus is inviting each one of us here, he will not make up our mind for us. And he asks us, we must respond each individually. And he's offering us rest for us, our restless hearts, basically, isn't he? And only a restored relationship with God will will actually restore us and give us that rest. Yeah. God is interested um, in us having physical rest though as well, isn't he, John? Yes. Not just the spiritual. Yeah, that's why God gave us the night. Mm-hmm. That's why you do your physical resting. But through the day, uh, he also set aside the seventh day of the week for the day to be a time of rest as well. And when you go to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. 
in it you shall not do any work. And so God intended us, intended for us to have one day in seven, the seventh day, as the day of physical rest and also a day in which we can set aside the things of this world and to contemplate and to appreciate God once again. Yeah, because that day was actually spent with God himself. It was a beautiful day of companionship with the Almighty, with the one who made them. I think it was a beautiful thought. You've got to remember that for 400 years, while they were in slavery, they were not able to keep that day. This is Israel, yes. And now God, he says to them, you can now keep my day of rest okay. and yes. spend your time with me again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. <clears throat> um, actually talking about Israel, the um, entering into the spiritual rest of the Sabbath um, was uh, like symbolic of their entire relationship with God, wasn't it? I think, think that's a key. Um, if we look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, and it says, To whom swear he that they, Israel, should not enter into his, God's rest, but to them who believe not. So here we see that they, they did not believe in God, so they weren't, believe implies obedience as well. Mm. Because of their disobedience, not, non-belief in God, they couldn't enter into his physical rest because they didn't have that spiritual rest with God. Yes. So we, and then he repeats it in verse 19. That's very important. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And that included dis disobedience. And that's important for us as well. God wants us to see that as an example for us not to follow. OK. okay. All right. Thank you for that. I noticed still in chapter four and verse three, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Um, because they were not walking with him, they could not enter into that rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, it says. Verse four, he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works, quoting from Genesis chapter two, which is really interesting as well. And look, I want to move on to something else here. Um, I want to go to a piece of history dealing with the time of Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah wrote um, just before the Babylonian captivity of Israel and he had a scribe named Barak. And Barak became, well, he was, he was the man who wrote out the visions and the messages that Jeremiah had. And so now um, Barak himself is in something of a state because of all the terrible things that are going to come to Israel because they were not entering into God's rest. And that was the interesting thing. And I'm going to read from Jeremiah chapter 45, folks, Jeremiah 45 and verses one to three there, which says this, the word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Barak, the son of Neriah, when he had written these words in a book at the instruction of Jeremiah, that's Barak wrote it down, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel to you, Barak. Now he's got a message for Barak here. You said, Woe is me now, for the Lord has added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest at all. Um, so what, what was happening for Barak here? 
um, this barrack's gone into a, some sort of a state here, hasn't it? Yes, uh, this is a spiritual... Um, well, we look at the words in the, in the beginning. He says, um, verse 3, Woe is me. This shows a deep anguish of a tormented soul. Yeah. And I believe we look at the background in the previous chapter because his people were disobeying the word of the Lord. Uh, they weren't going to allow um, Nebuchadnezzar to take them. They, they sought to escape. And a lot of them went down to Egypt. And, and so this, cor- this caused Baruch great pains. That's right, because Jeremiah went with these people yes. to try and help them, basically, even though they were told not to go there. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, but although God did tell him that his life would be spared. Mm. But here we see the, the life of the prophet bound with his people in, in seeing their disobedience and it's tormenting his soul. Okay, but the focus, and the focus right here is on Barak's um, state of mind. He's, he's in um, a, ter- a terrible state of anxiety about everything. Um, God steps in with a message for Barak. Yes, God stepped in with a message to say to him, you may be all upset and people are falling around you everywhere, mm-hmm. but I give you life. Yeah. And this is where life and rest are connected because there's no point in having life without rest. And you can't have any rest if you don't have life. So uh, God gave him that wonderful assurance. Okay, okay. And that's in verse 5 there, I notice, where he says, I will give your life to you as a prize in all the places wherever you go. Yes. Um, Because, as you say, he was seeing people dying everywhere in the siege and what have you in the the aftermath. Um, And God says, your life will be preserved. Be faithful to me and your life will be preserved, which is very interesting to me. Um, So the point that we are making here, folks, is that here's a a man in a terribly emotional state and God is offering him rest. So this is the focus, that that he gets rest from his anxiety by trusting in a God who can be trusted, a caring God. And this Uh, is despite the calamities that are happening around him. Yes. Yes, and, um, and his, his life would have appeared to be on the line. There's no doubt about that. Um, just a thought, folks, um, about this coming calamity that was going to befall Israel. How did God feel about that coming calamity, Stephen? What do you think he felt? I believe this is expressed in Isaiah chapter 5. So if we turn to Isaiah chapter 5 in the first um, verses 1 to 2, here it mentions that God has done everything for his people in this parable, and Jesus quoted this actually. And he says, he has done all, he is, um, calls the people his beloved, and he has created a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He planted it, gathered it, the stones, put it out. He did all these things, and he looked for the fruit from these people, which were grapes, and they brought forth wild grapes. Mm-hmm. So here is God saying that these people are being disobedient to me. And then and then he pleads with them, I pray you betwixt me and my vineyard. In verse 4, what could have been done more to my vineyard, vineyard that I have not done it? Wherefore, when I looked, when it should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. So God is basically saying, I've done everything possible for you to um, produce good character development. Mm. And so... Your calamities are your own fault. Okay, and he'd offer them rest in every area, hadn't he? Physical rest, spiritual rest, emotional rest, as we've seen. He'd offered them all of this. 
Yes, and, and he brings and around. Said, no, it's it's tragic. And I, I believe he brings around the calamities to let the people know that their their hearts are not right with him. They yeah. need to change their behaviour. Okay, okay. Um, why did God allow this? Well, you've touched on that already, Stephen. Why God actually allowed this, John? Mm. When you come to Isaiah 58, it gives us an insight. If you turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and you now call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honourable shall honour him, doing, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken this. And this is where God gives us the assurance mm. that if we turn to the day of rest and we find rest in him, then we are really going to have a life of delight and of gladness and of joy. Yes. Now, thank you for that, John, because the Sabbath is actually God's pledge of his willingness to be with his people, his mm. desire to be with his people. Because Isn't it a part of the covenant relationship that we saw last quarter? Yes. Yes, so it is. Yeah, thank you for that. Now, look, looking a little more closely now at Sabbath resting, um, you're a student of the Hebrew language, um, Stephen, so you're going to help us here. I'd like you to go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, and unpack for us, if you could, the Hebrew meaning there of the words, of the word to rest. Resting. Okay, I'd like to look at it in its entirety. What we have here in these verses two and three is repetition. Um, the Hebrews, when they emphasized uh, something, they repeated it. And here we see the, the seventh is repeated three times. And so on the seventh day, we see that God ended his work, which he had done. And then he rested, God rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had made. And then three, God, one, blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. We, we know this to be Saturday mm. from the Jewish history. God showed them for 40 years in the wilderness which day that was. And to this day, they keep the Saturday holy. Right. And on the last point, it says that God blessed the day and he made it holy or sanctified. The word sanctified can mean holy. It's in the very high PL form of the verb. And what that means is that the, the result or the cause of the verb is brought about by the subject. The subject there is God. So God is the one that caused it to be blessed and to be holy. And we find this in the, if we go to the Exodus 20 verse 11, in the fourth commandment, because of what God has done in resting on this day, it becomes a, an imperative for us to keep that, to rest that day and treat it wholly as well. Okay, thank you for that. Um, I'm going to go now to Deuteronomy. I'm moving on here a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 16. Deuteronomy 31 and verse 16. And there's another type of rest referred to here, which is a lot quite a bit different, but nonetheless important. Chapter 31 of Deuteronomy, verse 16. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land where they go. Um, John, would you like to just give us um, some understanding of what the word rest is referring to here? 
according to some authority, the verb here is shakeb. And that's a different rest again. You've got creation rest, and then you've got the living rest, but now we have the rest in death. When people die, they go to sleep, they rest. And that, of course, will be ended when Jesus comes, and then we go into the fourth rest, which is our eternal rest in heaven. Okay, we rest in peace for a time. But here, this is Mm. talking about the rest in death. Okay, thank so we you don't go that. to heaven when we die. Is that... We rest. We rest. Exactly. So you go from one kind of rest to another, much better one. Okay, look, we're going to have to move along, folks, as we're running out of time here today. Um, in each of those cases of rest that we've mentioned here, um, it's a rest of faith in the trustworthiness and the care of God. And I hope we've picked up that point. And just to remind us what Jesus said about I Come unto me, all you that labour heavy laden, I will give you rest. And if we can keep that in mind. Okay, we mentioned earlier that God is not only interested in giving us spiritual rest, even. Yes. Not just spiritual rest, he gives us. No, and and if we come back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 18 and 19, I believe that it was brought out that we need that spiritual rest with Jesus to enter into his rest. And many commentators say this is that the, phys- spirit, the physical rest of the Sabbath was done away with Jesus' spiritual rest we, if we enter into it. But I believe if you go to chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9, it says specifically, for if God had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Well, he okay. didn't speak of another day. There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. So I believe this is talking about the literal rest, Sabbath rest, yeah. seventh day rest. Well, and so it, the spiritual rest doesn't do away with the, the physical rest. No. In fact, the two go hand in hand, as we've mentioned already. And that's what God intends for us. Um, the Sabbath rest is quite multifunctional. And I think, folks, we need to keep that in mind. Um, it's primarily spiritual, but it's inseparable from the physical as well. Um, and that's important. Um, it's interesting. When Jesus sent his disciples out on a missionary journey, they went out without him and they went out two by two. And in Mark chapter 6, when they got back in verse 30, it says, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him everything, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. And that really intrigues me because um, so many opportunities for ministry, the crowds of people, there are multitudes of them. And Jesus said, come on, we'll go off quietly by ourselves and spend some time together. Um, Think about that. John, why did Jesus do that? <laughs> he knew that the disciples needed rest because mm-hmm. they had done so much work in twos, he'd sent them out. And here in verse 7, he said, come and rest a while. And it was totally unsuccessful because they moved somewhere else, but the people the followed people them anyway. People went with them, that's right. They Once you work move. for God, you mm. don't get much of a chance to have rest. Okay, and that's true. So it's possible, Stephen, to burn yourself out doing God's business, isn't there? Oh, yes. I mean, we can be so busy working for God that in the end we're not working for him. So God realises our limitations in the physical realm and uh, we can be challenged by it just as much as the disciples were. So we must be careful not to overwork and lose our our relationship with Jesus. That's very important. Okay, and the Sabbath um, commandment is a call to live an intentional, planned life. And I think that's what he's trying to say 
to that a balanced, healthy structure. I, I believe life. it's Weaker a weekly. Structure. It's a weekly call to come back to what is most important. What is most important for us as That's human good, beings? That's good, Stephen. Thank you. Yes. Is that relationship with Jesus, okay. our Creator and Redeemer? Okay. Uh, we're rapidly running out of time here, folks. Just very quickly, I'd like us to refer to the experience of Cain, um, who killed his own brother Abel, which was absolutely tragic. And um, back in Genesis chapter four, it describes that terrible event of Genesis four. And I'm going to look there at verse 10. And um, God says to Cain, after he has committed this terrible act, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the earth, God says to him. And um, verse 12 describes what his life is going to be like. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. Um, this, was, this was almost more than poor Cain could bear. Um, John, very quickly, what is the meaning of a vagabond? Um, he just became a restless wanderer. Okay. And, and he was an individual without God. He was impulsive yes. and he already killed his brother. So he maintained this, this murderous attitude and without the spirit of God, yeah. a person can never find true rest. No. And this is why this lesson is so important mm. because we need to come back to God and restore the rest that God wants us to have. And God has specified how often we need to do that. And that's every week. And, I, and of course, the Sabbath comes into the picture there. Um, what did he end up doing with his life, Stephen? Very quickly, please. I end up uh, building a city. And we know that the people who are trying to run from God, in my own personal experience, they make their, si their lives so busy that they have no time for God. Can or, I hear the still small voice? Or yes. the people that try and bring God to them. Yeah, okay, that's true, that's true. So people today seeking God in the wrong places or seeking rest, shall we say, and peace mm. in the wrong places. Yes. John, they are still doing that. Yes, they do. And, uh, and, and God would love to give us that rest. Mm. And we can do that by simple things. Giving ourselves to God every day, but on his special day, that is when we spend special time with him. Okay. If you come on Friday, it's too early. God's still working. Okay. If you come on Sunday, it's too late. You're a day too late. He's already gone back to work. So it matters, John. Is that what you're it saying? It matters. Which day we're talking about? It's his day. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, so um, let's talk about the fact that it matters which day you have, because there are those who would probably think it's okay to pick whichever day is convenient. Um, but God is very specific here. If you make an appointment to meet someone and you go, you go a day late, how, how did the meeting go? It doesn't yeah. happen because okay. you okay. missed the timing. You're not, no one else is there. It's interesting too because God specifically blessed and sanctified the seventh day, yes. which means that it has unique spiritual properties that we are not able to access on any other day of the week. Moses called it the Sabbath of the Lord. Revelation, John called it the Lord's day. Isaiah called it my holy day, says God. And finally, Mark, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. So in keeping the Sabbath, we acknowledge Jesus. Okay, thank you, John. And he's the one that gives us rest. He does. Thank you and praise the Lord for that. That's the message for our world today. Uh, the invitation to enjoy the rest God offers on the day he nominated and the day he blessed, that's offered to all humanity. 
So have a happy Sabbath, everyone. We'd invite you to join us. Glad you're with us today on Let God Speak. All our past programs are on our website. You can take advantage of that there. Do join us next week. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.